This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hey. We have missed you here in cyberspace. We haven't seen you. What has it been? A month, I think. It's been since before the end of June. Because I've been (sighs) always gone since June 30th. And you, was, you look exactly the same, but I look like I'm missing a hip. You, I, that's crazy. I did have another hip put in. Now I have a matching set. Now so you, now you can walk better. It's so, what a gift. It is true. I can walk better already. And I'm, I'm doing all that walking stuff that I'm supposed to be walking and doing. And, uh, and I, you know, what's weird is I'm a little bit out of sorts. Let's just say it. That's so. Okay. But so just real fast, I wanted to share with you something pretty funny. Um, well, there's a few things that I wanted to share, but uh, this morning, this morning I asked, I asked the class, I'm like, do you guys remember me? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, I'm like, hey, and I was shown something so funny. I'm sorry, I'm putting this. Um, I was shown having can wait. I start, well, heaven can wait. Okay, Warren Beatty from heaven can wait. What's that? And my dad's like, duh, heaven can, heaven can't wait. Like they couldn't wait to have us talk to them. Well, that's true. But there's also uh, a friend of ours on the flip side who was in that film. Now we should ask Luana because Luana's our pal who moderates our class from the flip side. Uh, for those who are tuning in for the first or the last time. She passed in 1996 and has been facilitating, put me and Jennifer together and then facilitating these conversations. Oh, was it, was it Warren Beatty's wife on the show or the girl, the Diane Cannon? No, actually the butler, the wow. guy, the bad guy in uh, Heaven Can Wait is Charles Grode. That's right. So that would be a question for Luana. Were you, was that an expression? I missed that because I was being shown Warren Beatty and I had a client that was in my office who you're aware of who is friends with Warren Beatty. So that's not, and I know Warren Beatty's alive, but I didn't understand it. I thought it was a joke. Well, that's a question for Lou. Uh, Lou, let me ask you, did you orchestrate this recent meeting between Jennifer and a a mutual friend? And what was the meaning of- Finally. Say again? They said finally for me to meet her. That's great. I mean, it was just a letter to confirm, not to yeah. confirm to her that she has so much she's going to be doing. That's and, great. Um, now that was Charles Grodin that showed me that. Because he was okay, very good. And so we had a conversation and same with Luana. So very good. And around this time of year, we were, were always used to be with Charles because He's the godfather to my two children. And we used to be there and his son's birthday is on August 1st and Olivia's birthday is on August 1st. And so we used to show up en masse to uh, Wilton, Connecticut, where he lived and, you know, paddle around the pool. So Chuck, is there anything you want to say to us and Luana, do you want to give him the floor or are you ripping the microphone away from Luana? He said he earned the floor. For everything that he's been doing. That's true. He says he's been in close contact with you, Rich. Very, very good. Close, very close contact with you. He says that he did appear to you when you were having your hip surgery, whether you remember it or not. 
Very good. Um, I, I don't remember it, but I, I that's fun wife, to hear. He says, your wife is a saint, which we all know <laughs> for everything that she's done to help you along. Um, but he says he earned the floor from helping you along from over there. Very good. Of course. And my whole career, you've been such an immense help. But so Chuck, I got a, can I ask you a couple of questions? So uh, your name came up today in regards to a conversation and I just is, uh, did you, do, do you want us to follow up on that conversation or is there anything you want to talk well, about? He with says he knows and that was part of it. Um, and you know that we, okay, so. Jennifer for, and I haven't spoken really for a month. Okay. We haven't even talked about my trips or anything. Not or anything. Other than, are you gone still? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Hold on. He's saying something has happened with your brain chemistry, and it's not just what you think about being a little bit sedated because of your head. He's saying that you are far more in tune and to allow that to happen more. Okay. He says you've always been that way, but you just you push it on me or you push it on, you know. But um he really wants you to embrace it because he's having a one hell of a fun time talking to you. Wow, that's lovely. That's lovely. And of course, and I must say that Sherry, my wife, who was also a huge fan of Chuck's, every now and then she'll have like she knows, a, she knows that she sees him and talks to him. She knows that she sees him and talks you to him. Okay, that's good. You still doubt it. <laughs> well, in my case, I think it's more along the lines of like, oh my God, this is so much fun. I don't really think about it beyond what a treat to be able to talk to someone that you love who's no longer on the planet. I mean, it just, it's great. Right. But well, having he... Kuwait was my dad. my dad and I. That was our favorite favorite film. Oh, that's so cool. Well, uh, he was that Butler guy who was in love with Diane Cannon. Remember? I love it. I loved it. Yeah, that was, that was my first exposure to meeting Chuck. Um, well, Chuck, what what would you like to talk about? The floor is yours, sir. Do you want to talk about friends, family? Do you want to talk what? Well, he quickly showed me that the energy's been crazy. Which and then he showed me a couple things, like yesterday. I had a client that couldn't get her Zoom to work and then like little glitches today. And then he says that um, just hang on for the ride. There's nothing you can do about it. Hang on for the ride. Uh, There's nothing you can do about it. I love that. That's great advice. you can do about it. Right. And he showed me like, like holding on to like almost like a roller coaster. And um, hold on. Oh, yeah, that's right. He showed me the moon and it really does affect us and it affects us more than what we know. And everybody's dream state has been, he's like, we've been having, you know, lots of fun because everybody's dream state is just crazy wonky. Um, especially right now. That's so interesting. He says our subconscious is stronger right now. So when we go into our dream state, it it has a tendency to, with whatever we're dealing with, kind of take over a little bit stronger. Is it that the that filters before. on the brain are sort of reduced or lowered? Is that what's going on? No, he says that it's you humans that are going through more than before. Oh, okay. Just more stuff is going on. Leaving the 
people from jobs, people losing friends, gaining friends, work, not work. Um, He's like, it's challenging for you to find peace. And when you, and I'm saying it in front of me, and when you have it, you make, you don't see it. (laughs) So even, even when you find peace, you don't know that it is peace. And for those driving their car, Jennifer just tapped her nose. Um, Well, Chuck, I got a question for you. Um, Last week, I listened to Rob Lowe's podcast. I don't think Jennifer's heard it. Uh, He had a medium on there. I know he he has it, but I I haven't heard of it. So, uh, yeah, Rebecca Rosen, I don't know her, but apparently she's... I love Rebecca. Okay, you know her. Okay, very good. And they did a podcast, and... And Rob mentioned a dream that he had about a friend who's in our class. And uh, I don't know if that friend wants to come forward and, and if Chuck, you want to interview him or if Luana's got him on her list, I don't know. But I, I would certainly be curious what he thought of that podcast. It's so interesting because I'm seeing Chandler, but I don't, it's not Chandler because I know Chandler um, from Friends. But uh Hold on. Well, I'll give you, I'll give it to you because we've only got so. I, I just, I felt like he left the planet too quick, so I don't know who we were talking. It's about. well, it's our friend Bill. Oh, Paxton. So Rob Lowe had, had this. It's an amazing podcast. I recommend all of our listeners listen to it just for this specific reason. He had a dream that Bill came to him and said, "Oh, hi, how you doing?" And and Rob was like, "Oh my gosh, he doesn't realize he's died." And and Bill said, well, I've been going back and forth, you know, be between the planet and back over here. And then he said, let me show you. And he grabbed or grabbed, he took a hold of like Rob, he did with me. Like he okay. exactly like he did you did, and they went flying. And yeah. remember, that's what he said to you and then a couple of other people that I've talked to. He said, I can fly. And he took him flying. And so it was interesting because he tried to, Rob tried to describe what that was like. He said there was this overwhelming feeling of love, unconditional love. And then he suddenly had a thought like, oh my gosh, my family, I can't go too far. My family's back home. And right. Bill said, well, that's the weird thing. They're here and they're there, meaning their higher selves are already back home, always back home. And they're also on the planet. So that was like a revelation. And then Rebecca was trying to explain that to him, not in the same terms I just explained. They talked about, you know, there is no time and da 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 that kind of stuff. But anyway, as I've heard so many times, your higher self is always back home while oh. you're on the stage. So, but does Bill want to talk about that at all? I don't know. Or Chuck, do you want to interview Bill or do you want to rip the microphone away from him? Hold on. <laughs> He's just like, we already talk enough, but he said, I love taking people flying. And then he showed me Twister, that movie. Like, that's just what he did. Wow. That's cool. Giving experiences that are not anything that you're thinking of. Like, I didn't think about that. He took me down to the Titanic and I got scared by a shark. That's right. On camera. And we have that in the film Hacking the Afterlife. Um, well, that, that's right. Bill, I just, anything you want to say to your pal, Rob Lowe? That there are more dreams where that came from. Sweet. There's also a moment in the podcast 
where Re uh, Rebecca Rosen says, um, there's some crack in your window or something, and it was the sunroof of his car. And, and apparently, Bill had been saying to him, you know, get your sunroof fixed. And so she used that as evidentiary thing because yeah. they were talking about that. And so I, so I don't know. Has he fixed his sunroof, Bill? No. No. <laughs> okay. All right, Chuck, you know what? You got the mic. It's up to you. You know, you've got to show Luana that you can, uh, you can do this. He's like, I've been doing it, but hold on. Because I'm asking him the question. I'm like, was it you that showed me having him wait or was it my father? And he says it was both. He says it's a group effort to get me to pay attention. <laughs> I thought it was funny though how he's going about having can wait or having can't wait or you guys can't wait because you're having like it was the funniest situation this morning. I just laughed and giggled and they showed me it again later on. Like you guys there and they said having can wait, having can wait. <laughs> okay, hold on. He wants to talk about what you went through when you went under. Oh, please. For your surgery please and so for people out there or you know have ever had a hip surgery or something like that you know basically they start to wheel you into the operating theater and the next thing you know you're back in some room and that's all you are aware of and the doctor yeah. sent me a little video of him like post-operation like tapping on that hip that he had out of there yeah oh i found oh, here's the hip i just have i actually happen to have it it looks just like that <laughs> no kidding the gift Anyway, yes. Is that, is that Labradorite? Uh, uh, you know what? I think we found this. That's my hip. That was in there. It was like a Tibetan. And on the other side, it says, oh, money, pet me home. Sorry. Okay. I got a lot of comedy here. <laughs> Go ahead. What did you want to say? Look, there was a typewriter inside my hip. Very hard to type on. It's so funny right now. I want some of those things that you have. I just have Chotsky sitting up here. Oh my gosh! So they, so the doctor sent me a video, and Prince was in my hip. Oh, you are not kidding. <laughs> oh, I think Amelia Earhart was in my hip. Look, she's flying by. Okay, enough of that. I must be on medication. You are so funny. You are. <laughs> so, Chuck, tell us what. So, what happened once I went under? Please, what happened? We went flying. We went for a ride. All of us were super excited. We gave you lots of love. I We visited Sherry to calm her down to let her know that everything was going to work out. It felt like. So what makes sense. Had that calming feeling. And he says he's never seen anybody pray or, or do the things that, the way that she moves energy. Wow, I'll tell her that. <laughs> You're one lucky bastard, he says. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is uh, true. Okay, hold on. Where are you taking me? Okay. Okay. And he said that everything's like everything that you've gone through between getting your hips replaced. And the only other thing you just have to keep monitoring is your cute little heart, which we've talked about. Yeah. Keep um, it going. <laughs> and then, hold on. I mean, I did have a feeling that day that I was about to go visit the class. 
You before. did. Yeah. I, 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 I had a weird feeling like, uh-oh, there's a whole crew of people waiting for me. You were teaching the class. That's what made your heart rate go up because they were there before you went under. Wow, that's interesting. And my heart rate did go up. So I was thought, I thought it was just the surgery. But still, at the same time, Chuck, what was I talking about? And I mean, I, I know this sounds weird for the audience. We're asking somebody on the flip side. Why it's so difficult down here for us to hear them. Why it's so difficult down here on earth to hear our loved ones back home. And what was the, what was the answer if there was one or what? It was an angry mob. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're an angry mob and they're hard to hear if everyone's shouting at the same time. All the coincidences that we make happen, everything that we do, um, we work day and night. And those don't even really exist here. Um, hmm, hold on. We give you animals that help you. We give you, we give you people put in your life to help you. We give you everything that you're in alignment with, and then some. We, we visuals, couple, metaphor. We a, right. We put in a couple extras. Like we give you Jennifer and Rich and his a couple of extras. Well, it's funny because a couple of nights ago, and I, I guess maybe this was a, a remembrance of that event. I was in a conversation with people about this, about the idea of communication. And I do remember this because I was writing it today on Quora, one of the questions, but it was this thing of, they were asking, why don't they communicate with us? And I was saying, it's just because we can't, we don't hear them because we're so used to hearing things. It's when you feel something, when you have that coincidence happen, when then it's, the music comes on the radio and it reminds you of them. There's a smell that goes by, a feeling, a sensation. Those are all messages directly to you. It's just that we're not tuned to them. And when do we get the most messages? It's when we are quiet, when our brains get turned off a little bit. A little bit. Through meditation. That's why meditation is, hold on. Meditation is important to quiet one's mind, as everybody knows. But it's also equally, if not more important, so that way you can receive messages. And there was a, a message on Quora the other day. I read it to my son. It was so sad and tragic because a mom was writing about losing her daughter and, and the experience of that or 13 year old girl and but i did my best to say you know try to imagine for a moment that they still exist a possibility that they exist and then picture yourself in a boat on a river and just ask her to come and sit across from you and she wrote back that that happened and that she saw her daughter happy healthy and then she said and she's a little bit older so yeah. that new information, you know what I mean? It's not something she'd ever seen. She never saw her daughter older, but here she was now seeing her and seeing this new information of a loved one, happy and healthy at home. Because when we leave the stage, that's where we all go. So it's much as it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around. And that's why Jennifer and I do this podcast is to help people like that. There's, there's also, there's a great book, another great book by Dr. Brian Weiss that talks about future lives. Very good. And that's a future life that she saw as well with her daughter. You know, that's lovely. Uh, many lives, many masters for those who looking it's up. Another, it's another book. Yeah. Sure. It, it also, he's all, yeah, he's done quite a few and 
he's had 4,000 cases that he's reported, you know. Right, and all of them come back about, like, the Earth needing help, you know, several years from now, and um, it being very populated, and which is great to hear. Well, um, let's toss it back to Chuck and Luana for a second. Let's ask them, what, what can we tell people about how to help our planet, if anything? Trees. There's obviously a big concern with trees because I've had more trees come through recently through my, you know, I came home and I had a, I read 25 people on Monday night. Wow. <laughs> Tuesday. Yes, yeah, I'm sure people have been lined up waiting. Every day. Um, but I love it though. I was so excited to be back, you know, doing this work because it's, it is, I'm still in awe of what comes through. And so what they said, you know, what they put in my mind's eye is trees again. We got to have more. We got to plant more trees. We have to. We have to recycle the earth better. Than we well, are. and that idea of trees bring oxygen. Trees are our, our our lungs, and the idea that we would kill the thing that gives us oxygen just doesn't make a lick of sense. And the more oxygen you have, the temperature goes down because there's more oxygen than there is carbon. So if we could plant a trillion trees, very hard to do we could probably balance climate change. Right. Hold on one second. The two ingredients. <laughs> um, love. We need more love in this world. Two ingredients. Oxygen and love. Now, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? What does love mean? I know it sounds simple for me to ask. Well, what's, inter what's interesting is that when you don't feel like you're loved, you tend to hold things in, which feels like suffocating, right? Uh -huh. And when we don't have trees, suffocate so oxygen and love actually do kind of equal each other well that's you interesting one without the other well that's an interesting observation because like i was saying if your lungs right your lungs need oxygen that exchange and trees need mm -hmm. carbon dioxide to live so they take our leftover air and then turn that into oxygen but what you're saying love is related to that so we need each other to live we need other beings to live you know when you're excited you breathe more or you know or if you're passionate or if you're you know you think about that however you want to think about that you breathe more <laughs> right but yeah. when but when we're sad or when we're we're holding back ourselves we tend to not breathe breathe less breathe that's interesting if you have fear, you don't go breathing, you breathe less. It's interesting, and it also reminds me of a moment when I was filming you, you were having a conversation and Jesus showed up in the room and suddenly you stopped breathing and your cheeks turned bright red and tears started falling from your eyes. And mm -hmm. I remember I asked, I said, can we ask him a question? And, and you were like, yeah. And I said, why are you doing this to poor Jennifer? <laughs> she can't breathe. You come into the room. And, you know, what he said was, I brought more source to my lifetime. And when people are close to me, they feel that unconditional love. So it's another interesting thing. Un the experience of unconditional love may result in not being able to breathe. Right. Less. Um, okay. And be kind, just be kind to one another. We don't know 
what the other person is going through, you know? Um, they're showing like, okay, I think I have this right. They're showing me a bunch of different things that's happening really fast. Um, so they showed me like people that get mad, let, let's just say somebody gets mad in the future. They don't know where that source came from or what the the actual starting point of their anger is. It could be when they were a child. It could be like, there's so much trauma that happens with people growing up, right? Mm -hmm. Which means what they're saying is that it is a process to, to get yourself healthy and get yourself better so you don't hold on to that trauma. So you don't have those inadequacies in conversations or, it's not right, say that again, hold on. The way that you build yourself to talk to somebody or to handle a situation will be thwarted by things that you've done in the past. Like you're holding on to these things that are causing trouble or stress or trauma. And if you let them go, if you can let them go, then you can be present for other people. Because right. if you want, you meet somebody that you've been angry with for a while, you just can't get past that. And we, and they're saying, imagine each person that you're angry, that you're, if you're angry with each person, you have them in a line, take that person and see where you feel that in your body. Like you're married, like for instance, um, I can't find somebody that I don't like really. <laughs> oh, well, I can, but I don't know him personally. Thank goodness. But I mean, I felt that in my gut. Oh, interesting. Like you, I actually learned this from um, a dear friend of mine who's taking a, taking a course right now from a healer, from a healer. And it does, it's really interesting how it manifests. The bigger picture is what they're trying to say is that if we hold on to things that we not only hold on to it mentally where it tears us apart, but physically it starts tearing us apart as well because we hold on to it into our energy field. Beautiful, beautifully said. That manifests itself into, it could manifest itself into. Let me ask Luana, who is mm -hmm. standing by patiently, our dear friend. Luana, you were a Buddhist and you chanted a lot every day. And how did that help you, that chanting? Did it help you to eliminate things or how did that work? Sorry. Um, what? I'm not going to say it. Just give me a second. <laughs> she had to wrestle for the microphone. <laughs> no, she was just chanting, chanting it away, you know, just like some people pray away the gate, you know, they, she just. The pain, yeah, sure. She said it, it, it broke up the electric magnetic field that she felt was coming in by the environment. So her chanting helped what she thought was with what she was feeling disperse. Oh, so it's sort of like to eliminate stress or eliminate thing, letting things go or chanting your way right through it. Whether you use chanting or prayer or singing or dancing, whatever it is to release the energy, whatever's right for you. Um, it's definitely something that should be used. So Luana, did you have people on your guest list that you wanted us to talk to and Chuck just stole the mic or was no, this all planned in advance? It, 
to show us what we were trying, they were trying to talk to us about back to your situation with your surgery and telling them they couldn't hear us, how much they have to plan in order for us to get to do, to recognize things. And it was just a quick like thing with Warren Beatty in his jumpsuit in mm -hmm. heaven, mm -hmm. his clarinet that made me know what it was. Right. Even though I forgot Chuck was in the movie, which was my fault. Um, of course he was in the movie. Um, but there's lots of, they're saying there's a lot of double entendres there. You know, that was my dad and I, that was our favorite movie. You know, I always loved movies where people were connected to people on the other side. Shocker. This is what I do. <laughs> um, and then they made an example out of it and how they brought in, you know, how that brought in Bill Paxton and how that brought in the conversation. They're like, we work tirelessly, even though we don't get tired, to make sure that you know we're here. We work tirelessly, even though we don't get tired, to let you know that we're here. We're always connected always. to you, always. Whether you feel us or not, it's like riding a bus and we're sitting down right next to you and you just can't, you just don't pay attention. It's not your fault, but it doesn't mean we're not there. And, but you can actually practice talking to them by lowering the filters or meditating or being quiet or putting a picture, a photograph of a loved one, or just starting a conversation. And then we've heard this before, we heard it from Michael Newton, which was when you hear a response or get a response before you even ask a question, then you know you're connected. Right. You know, ha having that photograph out there and just saying something, you know, I missed that day. And then suddenly you see ice cream and you're like, what, why are you, oh, that's right. We went and got ice cream that day. Those- And diving deeper, like diving deeper. Diving you deeper. Taught, you have taught me that so much. And my daughter and I, when I tell, when I get a feeling where I'm like, I don't think you should do that. I've reminded her to say, ask me questions. Like, well, why I, you know, my daughter's like, okay, but why do you feel that way? Because like, for instance, when I, it was her 18th birthday, I didn't want her to go work that day. And then she, she said, no, I'm going to work like a good daughter would. And then she got a car crash. Somebody hit her from oh. behind on the 405 freeway. And you, so you had that feeling like, don't do that. But right away, that if she would have listened to me and gone up sooner, it probably wouldn't have happened. I don't know. But I didn't dive in deeper. I'm glad she's okay. But yeah, I understand what you're saying is dive in deeper, especially, so it's an example. And thank you, Luana. Thank you, Chuck. I know Jennifer's got to go. But this idea of her getting an image of Warren Beatty, the poster, Heaven Can Wait, he's, he's an angel, with a saxophone or whatever that was he was playing. No, it was and a clarinet. Clarinet. And, but that whole story was this idea that we continue to love, love never dies. The people that we love still continue on. Your dad, Jim brought, brought it up to you because that is your favorite movie. And dad, dad, your dad has shown up many times to help us help people with grief, talk about how to move grief to nostalgia, but also this idea of, they're trying to communicate it with us. They really want to talk to us. And we all we got to do is let them make it possible that they still exist and then allow them to have two cents to add to your life. Life becomes, I mean, I ask the other side constantly on what I should do. Constantly. Whether it's like yesterday, should I come to my office or should I work from home? Like little things like that. But I yeah. always... And I might ask him a couple of times if I don't want to go to my office or if I don't want to, <laughs> you know, but the answer is always right. Always. always, you know, when I don't listen to it, that's when I could get into trouble, but that's bad stuff happens. Yeah. But All right. 
so back to the formula about what it's going to be like for us later we just have to take care of ourselves and each other better we just it's very to- true we got to take care of ourselves heaven can wait while we're still on the planet helping each other to find another way we're to- supposed to- right they're saying make your heaven now make your heaven now i like that all right that's going to be our theme for today make your heaven now um how long do we have you for jennifer to go <laughs> you have to go we missed you for a month i we know need more jennifer I all right so much fun too i went i surprised blakey in london that's what we, you had to cut out before she didn't know i went diving in bonaire with that's right you were in london I, I didn't mention that and you went diving with sharks and whatever <laughs> I have this wonderful family that asked me, you know, that I go and stay with. And it was just, I did my first night dive with them. And it was the luminescent fish that came out because oh, it was wow. like, moon, spectacular. And just, I had such a, it was a truly an amazing month. And I still listened. Like I did things, you know, I had a girlfriend that set up things for me to go on a tour. That's mystical versus me being the one that does it. You know, it was very interesting to try to receive. And I, my dear, all of my friends wanted that to happen. They're like, you're not working. We want you to receive, right. which was, you know, challenging too, but I did it. <laughs> That's well, right. And it was your birthday month last month. So yeah, let's what? not forget. It's really tough turning 42. <laughs> very true. All right, Jennifer, we love you. Thank you so much. And let's thank uh, your dad for stopping by. Bill, I know we didn't talk too much to you, but we always appreciate hearing from you. And Charles Grodin. Like if I could ever remember his name. He does that to me on purpose. (laughs) He does, but I appreciate that. And thank you, Chuck. We love you madly. And thank you for those kind words about Sherry and our family. And we miss you, but clearly we're still talking to you. Next time, don't yell at the class. (laughs) Say, Say it again. Next time, don't yell at the class when you get up there. <laughs> oh, when I get up to the flip side. What do you have to? Anyway. When you, know, when you went and when you had your hip replaced, you yelled at the class. Right? I yelled at the class. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. All right. Well, there you go. All right. I will try to refrain from yelling. We love you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com martinizone.com or richmartini.com Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.
Hi, this is Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Two. Hi, this is Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Three. This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. One. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, richmartini.com, or martinizone.com. To watch the film Hacking the Afterlife, go to Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. This has been HackingTheAfterlife.com with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, JenniferSchafer.com, MartiniZone.com, or see the documentary Hacking the Afterlife on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. Copyright Richard Martini, All Rights Reserved, 2021. Hacking the Afterlife podcast, copyright Richard Martini, All Rights Reserved, 2021. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flip side.